1: could have been better (laughs) so when last we left you crow was promising to talk about smelly people so why don't you go ahead with that okay
0: well there is a study out this is from well this is from the guardian i don't know how much we can make out of that but uh it says uh hate body odor you're more likely to have right-wing views. Scientists suggest authoritarian attitudes may be partly rooted in biological urge to avoid catching diseases from unfamiliar people. Now it makes sense. <laughs>
1: Somebody get paid for that study.
0: You know what? I think it's right. You know what? I'm uh, I'm kind of fastidious. I'm very much about being neat and clean and and uh, 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 non noisome, which is which means you smell noisome means you smell bad.
1: By yeah, the way. I went to college. I get it.
0: So <laughs> and I didn't so pfft. yeah um so yeah I don't I don't like being stinky. I don't like being with stinky people.
1: Well, I don't boy. like
0: I don't like having sexual relations with stinky people.
1: Well, I mean there can be a place for that.
0: I mean there's a little bit of odor that's that's okay. But I mean if you got the you know if you got a, if it smells like a fish fry yeah.
1: yeah, but some women are turned on by the whole sweaty guy thing.
0: I don't care if they're, they're turned on. If I'm smelling my pits or I'm smelling my, you know, nut cheese or whatever, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to perform.
1: And we're done. <laughs> this
0: is, uh yeah, this is a 18 and up episode starting right off the bat, I
1: guess. <laughs> no, you can say nut cheese. Um. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, uh, if you well, we you know, know a graphic that,
1: description of that. This geez, actually that reminds
0: it. me of uh, the lead singer of Garbage, the band Garbage, in the '90s alt, alt
1: rock um, Shirley Manson. Shirley Manson, yeah.
0: She's quoted at one point, and I don't know the exact quote, but she actually said something about this, like like uh, if you don't, you know, if, if 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 you don't, if you're not expecting, or if you don't like this, a little bit of piss and shit when you're having the smell of piss and shit when you're having sex with me, you're not going to have sex with me. It's like, well, oh my God, my, bye, Felicia. I'm not uh, <laughs> fucking gonna have sex with you then. You know?
1: She did not say yeah, that. Yeah, that's
0: a quote of hers. Today. Oh my God, uh, yeah, not. now that's not uh, like verbatim, but that's that's the gist of the quote. Um, and she said that. So, um, yeah, and I'm sure she's a raging liberal <laughs> from that quote alone.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking this up because I, I sure, sure,
0: yeah, look that up. I'll keep talking about this article. So. It goes on to say, people who have a greater tendency to turn up their nose at the whiff of urine, sweat, and other body odors, and it's funny because it's British, so they spell odors, O-D-O-U-R-S, so I want to say odors, uh, they're more likely to have right-wing authoritarian attitudes, research suggests. Uh Did you find it? Oh, All right. The study also found having a greater disgust for body odors was linked, albeit to a small degree, with support for Donald Trump <laughs> he was a presidential candidate. Of course, you got to bring that into it. All you authoritarian Nazis love Trump. Oh, my God. Um, the team say the findings support the idea that a feeling of disgust might partly underpin social discrimination against others with the link rooted in a primitive urge to avoid catching diseases from unfamiliar people or environments that actually make sense. So there's a quote here. We think that authoritarian attitudes might, at least in part, be rooted in biology, says Dr. Jonas Olofsson, co-author of the research from Stockholm University and the Swedish Collegium for Advanced Study. That sounds very... um Collegial. Yes,
1: yes. She's She's got a bunch of quotes in here, but they're all like the... No, oh, I think everybody's a beautiful butterfly. Hmm. Uh, there's, there's just three here. I'm just gonna read them. There's a stereotype of what we are all meant to find attractive, and erotic, but I don't neatly fall into those categories. Satin lingerie, heart-shaped tub flowers, and champagne don't turn me on. You shouldn't be scrubbed clean before you have sex. I hate boys who are frightened of pee and shit and <laughs> of pee and shit and menstrual blood. There we go. I say no to boys who want to wake up next to a fully made-up woman. I say no to boys who prefer stockings and garters. To perfect nudity who wants a boy who won't kiss you when you've just been sick <laughs> i want a man who will let me pee in his belly button i want a man to accept a beast in <laughs> me i don't want a man who, uh, who thinks the woman of his dreams doesn't go to the toilet one does you know i am going to stick my finger in his ass <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> no that wasn't it uh here i don't think they can deal with someone being complex and contradictory uh, it's not acceptable. You have to be a cartoon. What a
0: fucking narcissist! Here's the yeah. thing: you 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 avoid farting in front of your partner because it's gross. All right, you avoid you avoid being a stinky bastard because it's disgusting. Yeah. And part of that is this reason that it has something to do with a disease. And with when you're unclean, you have a chance of being um, disease ridden.
1: Well, know? this is why you break all your sexual partners out of a package before you.
0: You're talking about me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we weren't supposed to discuss that. Uh, I told you that in confidence. Here's her <laughs> other
1: one. Just get the, get the hypocrisy and irony in this first sentence. Uh, but I think it's important to care because I'm so over people saying I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about people who say they don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, she goes, well, you know what? I fucking do care. And <laughs> there's no whatever in my vocabulary, exclamation point. You know what I mean? uh fucking have an idea have an opinion decide upon a direction be prepared to be wrong but willingly to fail uh don't be apathetic about anything i i do like that whole quote except for the part where she's like i don't care about not caring uh, i don't know
0: she is so deep you know here's the thing the reason i remember this because i actually found her attractive you know i, I like garbage i liked her music or the band's music and I, and um when i heard her speak with her uh Scottish rogue. I just thought that was really sexy. And she's, well, sexy broad. And then I, you know, so I, I looked into her and I saw some, some, and I heard that quote, or I read that quote, and I'm like, yeah, I'll pass. She used to be sexy. Well, yeah, not anymore. I mean, come on. You no,
1: know, I think in that picture, she's deliberately trying to not look sexy.
0: She, she was, I mean, yeah, back in her prime, she, I, 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 I liked her look. I thought she was, I thought she was sexy. And the, the, the like I said, the Scottish accent really helped.
1: So, yeah, maybe. I can't. When I hear the Scottish accent, I can't help but think <laughs> about uh, Gerard Butler <laughs> yelling, "This is Sparta, Sparta." <laughs> I mean, no, she's she's. I mean, she yeah. was never my thing. But, I do but, like I do like Garbage's music, but now it does. Now I understand the happy hours, golden showers on a cruise to freak you out thing. <laughs>
0: So, there's also another study when I was looking into this. Oh.
1: Can you imagine it? <laughs> just She has other quotes in here about she likes to be in charge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you just see, like, you take Shirley Manson home. You don't know about any of this stuff. You're like a garbage fanboy or something, yeah. and she takes you. And then she shits on her. your chest. <laughs> She's just like, <laughs> lay back.
0: I'm going to pee on you. <laughs> Open your mouth. What? Why? <laughs> Just open it. Just just do it.
1: (laughs) Just do it. That's a sparta. I'm going to beat. Open your cake hole. Special delivery. I'm going to pass on you. Then I'm going to shit on your your chest.
0: (laughs) We are are, uh, amusing ourselves far too much here. Far too
1: oh, much. Oh yeah, I find me funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. Let's not beat this into the ground,
1: <laughs> which is something truly. <laughs> 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 no, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh my god! All right. I guess I understand the band's name being garbage now. Yeah, well, because that's kind of how she yeah. smells. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, along
0: those. Shirley lines. we love you. We'd love to have you on the show.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I <laughs> just don't want you to pee in my belly button. No, so, no, this will
0: be this will be via Skype. This'll
1: yeah, have- Crow will let you pee on him. So, right. but, um, but uh, what's her name? Dolores uh, uh, from uh, Cranberries. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know her. I don't know her. I I loved her music, and I always had a thing for her. Mm-hmm. So, and I think she just looks like. She looks like the uh, smaller Irish version of Shirley Manson, only maybe not quite as mean. But yeah, she just passed away. Yeah, a couple months ago. That's too bad. Well, I,
0: she she was like a, a like a version of Sinead O'Connor too. I mean, like a, a
1: no, Sinead O'Connor's nuts. I mean, she's yeah, but she had the same crazy. kind of
0: vocal kind of thing going on there with the high pitched kind of.
1: I don't know. I think Sinead O'Connor was an amazing singer. Yeah. Well, I, don't I, think, I don't think Dolores had those kind of pipes.
0: But she had the same style kind of a delivery. Like she would do the high pitch kind of like twerk, the tweeting yeah, at the end of her. maybe.
1: But I think like, <clears throat> I you know, I never liked their song Zombie very much. But I think that was more of Sinead O'Connor. Huh. I never pictured her like... Linger was the one that was really good. Yeah. Wasn't I, it? I liked Linger. Yeah. I just don't picture... uh um, God, what is her
0: name? No, she did, in Linger, she did that kind of like, there was the time, the part where she was just kind of like vocalizing without, without actually saying words. Mm-hmm. Where, and I'm not going to try to imitate it, obviously, but she did a lot of, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of that kind of, it's an Irish kind of thing going on. That's, so they share that kind of deal going on.
1: Yeah. I always, I always had a weakness for an Irish accent. Oh, yeah. I always did. was
0: Dolores Arroyo. Okay. Yeah. I, I would never have remembered that name. Um, well, there's another study that when I was looking that up about the body odor, there's, uh, this was quite a, I think this was like 2014, um, conservatives and liberals smell different. So a study from the American journal of political science indicates that different political affiliations may actually correspond with different body odors. (laughs) So, um, they said, uh, it was researchers from Brown university. Found that conservatives and liberals smelled dissimilar. While the difference is small, it is apparently significant, significant enough that we subconsciously prefer the scent of those who vote like we do. Um, "Quote: It appears nature stacks the decks to make politically similar partners more attractive to each other in an unconscious way." Unquote. The researchers wrote, <laughs> "It's actually pretty interesting."
1: Couldn't that be the tail wagging the dog, though? Well, but, first of all, but it could be
0: like the pheromone thing too. I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's well, what I mean.
1: oh you know what?
0: I'll bet you. I'll bet you it has to do with your diet. Oh might. So no, like the way conservatives and liberals, I think they tend to eat differently too. So maybe you, your diet, you know, you're, if you if you eat a lot of asparagus, if you probably smells like asparagus. If whatever, you, I think I think that might have something to do with it. So yeah, if you if you if you tend to smell a certain way from what you eat or you sweat a certain way, and people eat the same,
1: but but different economic classes I'm, eat differently. I'm flashing back to Shirley Shirley Manson peeing on you. I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna scan the article here.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean there may be some of that, but it also might just be I mean, yeah, it could be diet, but I think Bam. Are, I think there are plenty of liberals nope. and conservatives that uh here uh, bah, 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 bah. uh
0: previous research has found uh, a number of other political views correlate political view correlations with unknown degrees of biological and cultural influences. Well that I, I sorry, I read that because that had nothing to do with what I was saying. Oh, from eating preferences the left likes strawberry jelly, while the right favors grape. That's just a kind of a for instance. To alcohol choices, Republicans like brown liquors. Democrats drink the clear stuff.
1: No, no, no. Republicans can't like anything brown. Remember? Well, we
0: we like them, but we just like to use them. <laughs> you know, we use them up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, I actually, I actually think this might there might be something to this. Well, this is one of those studies where like you know. I I can get behind this. This is interesting stuff, as long as the government didn't pay for it.
1: Well, the government paid for it. You know they did. Somebody (laughs) got a fucking grant to do that. And my thing is, okay, why did someone get money to do this? And secondly, what the hell does it tell you? Are people suddenly going to go, hmm, I'd really like to date liberals or Republicans, so I'm going to drink brown liquor and lots of meat and... You know what? Maybe. Start eating grape jelly or vice versa. I mean, I don't know. It's just... There's no point to it. What's the point? Um uh, intellectual circle jerk. <laughs> Maybe, I guess. I think it's someone's gotta justify their position somehow. So well, that's all I
0: had. Let's get into the uh into the meaty stuff here.
1: <clears throat> or the the brown liquory stuff? Yeah. So um so I know people have talked this subject to death, but I just had this discussion with somebody the other day and uh it drove me nuts that didn't drive them nuts. I was we're talking about that gender pay gap, right? The, and how the,
0: the nonsense, yeah, yeah the how, gender pay gap.
1: Which, yeah, look, it's been it's been debunked by every serious economist, other than um, Paul Krugman, that shitty little weasel, and the other shitty little weasel, Robert Reich. Um, I mean, nobody believes this. Nobody who's got a brain believes this. It is simply taking, you know, everything men do and everything women do, and saying here's what all the women get paid. Here's where all the men get paid. So we average it out and men get paid more. My thing is show me the examples. Show me the example where the man at the job, who's been there pretty much the same time and has the same production as the woman at the job has been there, is getting paid more. Just show me the examples. I'm willing to accept the anecdotal stuff. Don't give me one. Give me more than a couple. You know, I, I want to see it. If it's that prevalent. I want to know about it. And as someone who's a business owner, let me just say this. The most expensive cost I have is labor, right? If I can pay women 75% of what I pay men, why wouldn't I have all women working for me?
0: Because they're terrible at their
1: jobs. Well, well, there's that. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Disavow>. <laughs> um But no, just mathematically. And Milton Friedman makes this great point. You know, he he won his uh, Nobel Prize for Economics in, like, 79 or 80, and he goes around and does his college speaking tour, and he's at Stanford, and this woman stands up and says, why don't you like the, you know, give me, why don't you like the reasoning behind the gender pay gap? So, they're even talking about it back then. Yeah. Um, and I'll bet you back then it was more significant, because there are studies out now that show that women, I'll get back to Friedman in a second, women in their 20s get paid more than men in their 20s in the same jobs. Now, this is an age where men and women are likely to be closer and experienced in their jobs. The reasoning being is that people want people who adapt well. And women adapt to new circumstances better than men do. And the example they used is take, um, take two people, a man and a woman, coming to a foreign country. The man is more likely to bring his culture with him and say, this is how I do it. So whatever your company culture is, or in the example your country culture is, whatever, this is how I do it. And the woman is more inclined to say, "How do you do things here?" The so more of an ingrained stubbornness with men. Yeah, just a, I got it. You know, it right. goes back to the joke about I'm not going to ask for directions. I know where I'm fucking going. Right. You know that kind of thing. And so um, there are there are studies that are showing that women in their 20s and now starting getting in their 30s make more money than men in the same positions with like experience, because they're more, especially in smaller companies, they're more of an asset because they can do more stuff, not multitasking. Nobody multitasks. Well, it's bullshit, Um, but they can, they wear more hats better than men do. And it's just sort of like that. I I heard Gavin McGinnis talking about this. He was trolling some feminist, but he said, you know, women when, Women aren't aren't as smart as men. He said men have higher peaks. So the smartest men are smarter than the smartest women, but the dumbest men are really stupid. And that women are more of kind of a baseline through the whole thing. So the guys have these huge peaks on either end. And uh, m- my point is that women are, are just sort of better at adapting at this stuff. So getting back to Friedman, this woman stands up and she says, You know, don't you think men should be paid the same as women? He goes, right he goes they should but he's a free market economist and he says because we have a free market let the market take care of it if you bring the uh the government in saying they have to be paid the same he says take us um a woman who's uh in her late 30s and that we're putting this in the context of 1980s so late 30s was seen as older i mean now when Women are waiting until they're 40 to have kids sometimes. But he said, you you take a woman, she's been divorced now. She's stayed home. She's raised three or four kids. The husband gets, you know, they get divorced and the husband's paying or something. But now she's on her own. The only experience she has is that she raised four kids and a company is gone. That doesn't do anything for us. The only tool she has at that point, whether she went to college or not, is to say, I can do that job as well as the guy. Give me the opportunity to prove it to, you, and I will take less money. And Friedman says, I think brilliantly. Now the guy, assuming it's a guy running a company, has to agree on whether or not – or he has to decide on whether or not he's sexist or cheap because he can't be both. He can't be sexist and greedy, and he's got to pick. But if the woman can be paid – this has to be paid the same as the man, then he's picking the guy. Yeah, The guy's got more experience. It's
0: not the woman's fault. Wasn't that the one where he quoted and says, "I'm on your side"? Is that the yeah, one? and that's
1: the thing. At that the end, great. he's just like, "I'm on your side." Unfortunately, you aren't.
0: Yeah, that's that was
1: great. <laughs> he even makes he even does this thing in in the uh, in the middle of it. He says, and it may not have been in that one. It was. It might have been another one, but he somewhere in one of these uh, lectures. And if you haven't uh, YouTube Milton Friedman's lectures, you have to. They're just they're amazing. The guy never gets he never gets ruffled. He's just. I mean, he's right on point all the time. Very calm, very respectful. It's it's something everybody should take. Uh, everybody should take a lesson from. He's a very civil guy the whole time. Never name calling or anything like that. Um, but somewhere in one of these, um, he says, "Now I'll do you one better. Let's flip this around." He said, "What if the woman is older and the guy's inexperienced, and now the guy has to be paid the same as the woman?" And the person was like, "Kind of just blew my mind a little, you know." <laughs> I mean, they don't, they don't think about it like that. I mean, it is already illegal to pay people in the same position less money. Now you can say, yeah, that's tough to enforce and I, I will grant you that. But my question to people who are dead set on this stupid fucking trumped up number that, um, women are actually paid 77 cents for every dollar the man does in the same jobs, which isn't true. It's been shown over and over that why aren't companies just hiring women? Yeah. If they're greedy bastards.
0: So, it's because they're 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 folding in all the jobs that women can't or won't do, like crab fishermen. I mean, there's there's certain things that women go, "I'm not doing that shit." That's ridiculous. I'm not going to kill myself to do this or or you know, or they they just don't have the interest in it they they're more social or they're more they don't want to f- uh, focus like this like the stem and where they're they're locked in a, in a room doing mathematical equations all day long they're going what what am I getting out of this this is not enriching for me yeah you know but the man is like you know he's like oh I'm spurging out here I'm loving it or <laughs> <laughs> the or the woman's like yeah I'm not feeling it I'm not that's not this is not enriching my life and that's the difference it's like they're not taking those jobs well cause they don't want them
1: I I almost think it's it's a cliche. It's becoming a cliche at this point that you quote Jordan Peterson anything because everybody <laughs> he, he causes an instant eye roll by a whole group of people. But I mean, he really does make some good points about this. And he he gets asked in one of his uh, lectures why is it that um, most CEOs are men, and he gives some great examples. He said he's worked with a lot of, uh, consulted with a lot of lawyers, and he says he's had women who were. You know, they aced high school and they aced college and they got, you know, a blew through law school and they were a partner by 30. And what happens to almost all of them, and he admits this is part anecdotal, but it's a lot of women he's worked with. He goes, these women are as good as and as smart as the men. What do they do at 30? They start looking around going, I want to have kids. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Ann Coulter, or you're just like, I don't have that. Yeah, they're outside and the norm. Ann Coulter's though. an android. But anyway, I'm not sure she could have kids. But not that that's what women are for. Uh, so, fucking shut up if that's where you think it was going. But uh, this whole idea that they start looking around. So, what do they do? Yeah, they get that biological imperative. He says um, that, and he doesn't cite this, but I'm willing I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Someone wants to look it up and do my good fine. But he said, generally women, and this is a clinical psychologist saying this, generally women in that position will find a man who makes slightly more money than they do. And he says, it's a security thing. It's like, you know, I, I would be doing well. I find someone who does slightly better than me. They, they marry that guy and they start doing, you know, pro bono stuff or they're not a partner anymore at a law firm. They start doing, they still do their job, but they do stuff that's more fulfilling for them. And he says, guys, on the other hand, measure their, you know, economic and professional dicks by how much stuff they conquer or how much money they make or how many more hours they work. And he says, to be a billionaire or a CEO, you have to be a borderline sociopath. You know, you don't, you don't amass billions of dollars fortune-wise by just, I'm going to work, you know, 12 hours a day, uh, four days a week. I'm not going to Well, the problem comes from the left when they say, well, that's all a
0: social construct. It's not, it's not biological. Men don't just innately feel that drive. Women don't innately feel that drive. It's all, it's all social construct. It's yeah. Like,
1: well, my science. Yeah, so, exactly.
0: That's what pisses me off. They're like, they're like, all we have to do is, 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 um, train men not to be that way. It's like fuck you. It, that's that's part of the problem. Of the can't. feminization you know, of everything. You, 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 that's why all these fucking kids, these boys that are rambunctious, quote unquote, are getting you know um, um, doped up. Yeah, and shooting up fucking schools.
1: Well, you feed them lots of soy when they're a kid. That turns them into women. But anyway,
0: that makes the frogs gay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but so so he says these these guys. Um, You know, they basically are like, they're not good dads. You know, they're not out playing catch with their kids. They're not home, you know, uh, asking the wife how her day was. Everything is win, win, win. I'm going to fucking beat that guy and beat that guy. And he goes, these guys die at an early age because testosterone and drive and all that stuff kills them. And stress, yeah. Yeah, he goes, you don't get to the top being, you know. Laid back and... You may well, appear that yeah. way, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wears hoodies and all that stuff. But, you know, if you go by, if you know the, what's the, the social network movie, if that is anything like, anything like the real Mark Zuckerberg, if it was anything like what he was like. I mean, the guy's got a constant drive. Yeah, you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. Yeah. And so, um, a friend of mine has a brother who works for this company, guys, uh, the guy who runs the company is a billionaire. Right. And, uh, he's, da- he's 70 years old and he's dating this 30 year old former NFL cheerleader. And so this friend of mine goes, well, you know why he's dating her? And I said, yeah, I do. Do you? And she goes, yeah. Cause you know, she's hot and he's a dirty old man kind of thing. And I said, you know what? Maybe. And I think from the outside, it can look that way, but how about this? His relationship with her is uncomplicated, you know? He doesn't care about her. I mean, in the sense that she may want him to. This is a guess, okay? What he wants is to fucking win all the time. What's the next project? What's the next thing we're doing? And this friend whose brother works for this guy says that's what the guy's like all the time. He's like, we got to put our solar panels on that building. When are we doing that? You know, I mean, this is a Saturday at a football game. You know, and he's like, yeah, when, 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 come on, next thing, next thing. He's not sitting there going, look at my hot girlfriend. He's like, you know, when are we doing this next project? When are we going to do that? I mean, he's thinking about, he's got a billion dollars. He's 70 years old. He's not coasting. So he's not married to the woman he had kids with. Probably because that woman, rightly so, expects him to be like a decent husband and be with the kids and stuff. And he's like, "Ah, I don't want to do that. I got to win here. And by the way, the 30-year-old who I buy all the coach purses for, you know, she's good with that. And that's,
0: that's like an extreme version, but that's kind of the, the biological imperative of men.
1: I don't think it's that extreme. I, I mean, yes, it's...
0: Well, it, for it, someone in that, it, that position. Yeah. It is
1: in the case that, you know, there aren't a lot of billionaires. Right. But I think the reason men rise to CEO positions more is because they just have all of this drive to conquer stuff. You know,
0: yeah. and women are caregivers innately. Yeah. And so when they get, like you said, to get that, uh, a that, that biological imperative kicks in and goes, yeah, I got to start popping out kids. And when they don't, they still get that, that, that tendency of, of being a caregiver. You know, it's still, it's still part of their DNA. It's part of their structure as a, as a, as a woman. And you can't, that's not a social construct. It's biology. Yeah. It's in the animal kingdom. And it's, <laughs> you all, know? it's
1: all general, yeah. but still, I mean, we're talking yeah. about. Uh, I, I just population. hate it when when
0: they all say it's 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 all social constructs. It's not you. You're fucking morons. You, we are animals. We just like if you look in the animal kingdom, it's 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 biological imperatives that drive the animals to do what they do. The same with us. I mean, we might have you know um, the intelligence to kind of try to fight it off or whatever or to go a different route, but we still have those
1: imperatives. Yeah. Well, I got another friend who she's always talking about how we should be as human beings and i'm like you're picking like an ideal i'm like we we've been killing each other and you know doing shitty stuff for thousands yeah of years communism years. should work yeah <laughs> it does it does it just, does? Been, it just never, hasn't been done right it's never been done right <laughs> you know um but so a great example of this male female thing and a parenting example um we have a bunch of kids from our neighborhood the last day of summer last year before they're going back to school we get those water balloons where you fill like a hundred of them at a time. We have like eight hundred water balloons, and one of the other dads and I are sitting around. It's all the neighborhood kids. So there's a bunch of parents. And the other dads goes, "You know, back when we were kids, you had like a pack of those things, and you filled them from the hose. And, and you the, tie each the knot thing was yourself. too, the hose was too big for the shitty little things, and you overfilled them. So you had twenty four balloons, and you got to throw like ten of them. You know, and you did it, and you were done, and that was it. And here, there's eight hundred water balloons in two kiddie pools." These kids are throwing at each other. So, he said, yeah, we didn't have these when I was a kid. Um, those are great, by the way. If you have kids, buy them. They're so worth the money. So, these kids are throwing back and forth. And one of the kids gets hit in the face and starts crying. And he turns and looks at me. He says, you know what else we didn't have when I was a kid? Fucking crying. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the moms here is like, she says, "She says, hey, come on. All the kid wants you to do is hug him, say it's going to be all right, and send him back out. That's how you create, create a narcissist. <laughs> Stop it. Exactly. But the point was, she says that and he turns and looks, looks at me and goes, what are you going <laughs> to do? You know? Yeah. Biggest eye roll ever. And I'm like, yes, exactly. I mean, if a kid falls down, if my kid is running down the sidewalk and falls down and um, gets hurt, my wife, the first thing my wife is going to do is say, are you okay? And the first thing I'm going to do is say, get up. Let's oh, see off. <laughs> Let's see it. You know, did you hit your face or all your teeth there? You know, you skinned up your knee. Yeah, tough. Everybody does that. You know, now if he fell down, he knocked his teeth out or he's all loopy. I'm going to say, we got to get this kid to the hospital. But my first thing is I'm looking at him saying, are you intact? You know, are you, is there anything broken on you? Are you all right? And my wife is like going in that example, you know, how do you feel? Are you okay? Yeah. You know, and I don't think those instincts are bad things. They just they complement each other. Yeah, they oh. come from two different sides. And how many times? I mean, how often do you actually hear? Just wait till your mother gets home. You know, the dad's the one who, when it comes down to it, kicks your ass. Yeah, and of course, you know it's terrible. You're never supposed to. My dad has this great line about spanking. He goes, he goes, I'm not necessarily for spanking, but I know I'm not for not spanking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he has another great line. He says. Uh, kids are like dogs. They need, uh, an immediate physical manifestation of your displeasure. (laughs) In other words, if you hit a dog on the new, on the nose with a newspaper, it doesn't hurt them. It makes an awful lot of noise and it gets their attention. Do it right when they did what you don't want them to do, you know? And, uh, no, I'm not advocating hitting kids with, you know, newspapers, but if it doesn't hurt, if you get a kid a swat on the butt, you know, when they did the thing they weren't supposed to do. I mean, yeah, you can say I'm a terrible person for that, but kids were raised for generations with that and they weren't shooting up schools. Yeah. And they're well adjusted. Yeah. The, yeah. They're not, the you know, school shooters. <laughs> I got, I got spanked a couple times as a kid, not very often. And, uh, I think I remember probably all four or five, six instances of it. I don't ever remember it hurting, but I remember my dad or my grandpa was kind of pissed when it happened. I, I remember the anticipation being worse than the actual spanking. Well, did you have the one where they're like, "Go get a spoon or something like no, that"? No, they, they, they just
0: pull off their belt and kind of do that where they where you take both ends and you like you like make it in the middle where where it uh, separates and then you goes, yeah, and like pull it apart and then it makes that slapping noise. I do that to scare the dog. Yeah, so so you're like that that anticipation. You're like, oh, this is gonna hurt so bad, and then it happens. You're like, really? Uh, okay, all right, I can handle this.
1: See, now I'm not I'm not a fan of the belt or the wooden spoon or anything like that. I think you know, use your hand. Do it once. You know, hit him on the button. As my great-grandmother said, that's why God padded that part of your body, you know. But, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I just – this whole idea – we're a long way from pay gap here. But this whole idea that um, there's, like, this – well, I mean, when half the small businesses in the, in the country are owned by women, you have – then women are complicit in this, too? It, it doesn't make any sense. The The 77 cents on the dollar – makes no sense whatsoever. It can't hold up to any scrutiny at all. And yet it just keeps the Rachel Maddow and Neil, uh, what's his name? The guy on MSNBC. Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. There we go. They keep fucking saying it all the time. All the time. It's not true. It's just not true.
0: Yeah, if they, if, if, as soon as that comes out of their mouths, you gotta go, ah, I'm done with you, cause you know better. Show me the people. You're, you're, you're willfully ignorant or you're spreading lies purposefully.
1: Yeah, show me. Just show yeah. me the people. So, and, so by the same, on the same sort of topic, um, I'm going nuts about this minimum wage thing, about this $15 minimum wage. Yeah, it's dumb. Well, it's totally stupid. First, before, beyond that, take, fifteen minutes research the origins of the minimum wage. It was meant to it's a it's a law based in racism. It's meant to keep minorities out of the workforce. And it's just it's absolutely stupid. And so you take kids, you know, inner city kids that you're giving shitty educations to in shitty schools, and then they get out and then well, take down Minneapolis School District. They spend more per capita or more per student than any other district in the state. And they have about a 50% graduation rate, which means they have a 50% failure rate. And the kids who are graduating sometimes can't read beyond a 10th grade level. These are the kids that they're turning out. So you take these kids with shitty educations who are not prepared to, they're not prepared to go to college, even though you're hammering on them, you got to go to college. But now you're telling them they're worth 15 bucks an hour. And I heard... Keith Ellison, representative from Minneapolis, go, Yeah, well, if you didn't have a minimum wage, these owners would pay these people 10 cents an hour, you know, 30 cents an hour, or whatever, which is fucking bullshit. You couldn't get away with that because you start an immediate bidding war for people's services. Right. You absolutely would. So somebody I would love if all of my competitors around me in my businesses wanted to pay 30 cents an hour. I would have every employee. I mean, we pay above minimum wage right now, not because I'm trying to save money by only paying minimum wage for new people, I want people who can function at a higher level, and I know I have to pay more than a minimum wage to do that. And so I would have every employee. And people say, well, no, you would just lower your wage. I'm above the minimum wage right now. Right. You know, it makes no sense. The one thing I always think about is raising the
0: minimum wage. Then there's employees in a company that are making, you know, they want to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour right, That's right. Like the deal is so there's employees that work their asses off they started that minimum wage was what 12 or 10 or something like that uh they maybe they started not too long ago it was 8 bucks yeah so they started at minimum wage the lower end um they work their asses off they you know they're assistant managers or something like that and they're making $18 an hour and then all of a sudden the law passes you got to you know within 6 months you got to pay the lowest paid has to be making $15 an hour. What's that $18 an hour employee going to do? Are they going to just go, eh, I'll take it. No, they're going to go, well, I'm worth more than that
1: $15 an hour minimum wage. Look, there's a reason that the labor unions are behind this. And the reason they're behind it is when they get to their collective bargaining stuff, they use minimum wage as a baseline. They're saying minimum wage went up four bucks. So but we th- have to have a percentage the increase. So then everything, become, everything starts costing more. Well, what's going to happen is they're not going to do it. So that person who, um, look, there's only a finite amount of money that a business can pay. And people just say, well, the people at the top just have to take less money. Well, sometimes the people at the top aren't taking any money no. because the business isn't profitable. Right. And people go, why don't you just sell it or close <sighs> it down? Well, because you can't. Right. You know? You because
0: the books show that you're not making money.
1: Yeah. I mean, so you who's going to buy that business? Yeah. Either that or you say, well, you know, you own a, you own a building. You can't just say, fuck right. it. I'm going to close my business. I'm not going to pay for it. The bank goes, uh, you owe us that money. Yeah. You have to pay that money. You can't just close your business. So people say, well, you're a shitty business person. You shouldn't be in business. Oh my God. They don't know anything about it. So what my biggest problem with this is, is I think that the minimum wage is an incredibly racist thing. Because who is most likely to be hurt by it? Statistically, it's going to be uneducated minority boys, boys, young men. So picture this scenario. You get out of shitty school. You have shitty education. If a black kid walks into my business and says, Hey, um, I want to work for you. Why shouldn't I be allowed to, or any kid, but just I'm talking, you know, inner city kids here comes to me and says, I want to work for you. And I'm thinking, you know, he's a nice kid. I like him. I want to hire him. But I can't justify 15 bucks an hour. He's got no experience. He's got nothing. So how about if I pay him seven bucks an hour? And if he does well in a short period of time, given how hard it is to find good employees now, I want to make sure I pay that kid some money. So I say, you know what? Six months down the road, if you're doing better, I'm going to move you up to eight, nine bucks an hour. A year later, two years later, if you might be making that money if you continue to show up and apply yourself. By the way, that's And what if I you're not,
0: do. you've got experience under your belt and yeah. you can go find somebody else that will appreciate you and pay you more.
1: So let's say <clears throat> I don't pay him that, right? The government, not the government, comes in and says, hey, he worked this amount of time. You got to pay him that, right? Just I decide, I go back on my word and I say, you know what? I kind of like paying him six bucks, seven bucks an hour. So I'm just going to stay there. I'm not going to do anything. That kid at that point, six months into it, gets to say, you know what? I think I can make more money somewhere. I've learned some stuff here in six months. I'm going to go to another business and say, hey, um, you know, I worked at this other business for six months. I, I think, you know, I'm worth more. Would you like to hire me? And if that business looks at that and says, you know what? Kid does have some work experience. Maybe I'll try him at eight bucks an hour. But if you put these people at 15 right away, because they have to be paid a living wage, you're not guaranteed a fucking leave a living wage, you know? And these people will say, well, how are they going to raise a family on that? You're not you fucking should, supposed you're not to supposed raise a family to. on that. And I'm sorry. I, look, I've I've said all along, find me a person who's only making minimum wage, current minimum wage, 10 bucks an hour or whatever it is, okay? I can find that person a better job within two weeks. I can't but it's usually there was a 60 minute story i saw on this this woman's working at McDonald's and she's barely scraping by for her and her kid and you know she's working the drive through window and she works 50 hours a week and she's minimum wage and she wishes she could have a better job and then right at the end of the story they point out that she has been offered an assistant shift manager position but she just didn't take it cuz those weren't the hours she wanted to work i mean that they snuck that in like right at oh, the end boy. they just i know it's like come on you can't just say, I want to work Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 4.30, and I want to make X amount of money.
0: Well, and we're going to get to be like Europe where there's there's just tons and tons of unemployed teenagers just with nothing to do with themselves but go out and get into fucking trouble. Yeah, exactly. and, and roll in the streets and you know, join gangs or whatever the fuck they do because they're not – they can't. They have no opportunity to be productive because – they're not getting these jobs that are meant for them. These starting jobs, these starting wage jobs, these because the, the, the it's not a living wage. You get you got to make sure that that uh, person you know, providing for their children is working that job. Well, that
1: well that's so all kinds of retarded. Look at what's happening now. First job I ever had was dishwashing. I I loved that job. I was sixteen. I was making what I thought was great money. I mean, minimum wage at the time was like three dollars and fifty cents. But I loved that job. I was hanging out with. Was in high school, I was hanging out with a bunch of college guys who were. Uh, I mean, they would pick on me, but it was Big Brother kind of pick on you. They wouldn't let anybody else in the restaurant pick on you. And that's if you've ever seen uh, Hell's Kitchen, that's what working in a restaurant is like. I mean, Gordon Ramsay's not a dick. He's working in a restaurant. I mean, that's what people are like when you're there. But so those cooks would pick on you, but they wouldn't let anybody else do it. They'd sneak us beer and all that stuff. It was, it was a great job. Um, but now you're good so that was my chance.
0: Yeah, but it's not a family-supporting no. living wage job. I
1: was 16. Yeah. So I did that job for a year or so. Next thing you know, I tried busing, which involved tips and stuff. Uh, hated that job. I was bad at it. A um, bunch of crabby old waitresses working there. Seriously, they were like fossils. I hated them. They hated me. Um, so then I went back and worked in the kitchen. They said, ah, we'll take you back. I started prep cooking. You know, basically just cutting up food and doing all the stuff that cooks need done. You're like an assistant cook. And the next thing I know, I'm into making seven, eight, nine bucks an hour three years after this. Well, when you raise this minimum wage like this, you're not, you're not getting dishwashers. You're not going to pay a 16 year old kid 15 bucks an hour to wash dishes. What you're going to do is you're going to get, um, you know, a part-time dishwasher. Someone who comes in every two days and does that stuff. Or you're going to get cooks that you say, look, part of this is the yeah, end of the That, that they're stuff. having
0: to do that that work now on top you're, of what they do. Yeah. You're not going
1: to have bus people. Yeah. You're going to have wait staff that has to bust the tables. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. So you're just going to eliminate these jobs. And it's just, it's stupid. You're taking away everything that, you know, what are my kids when they turn 16 years old going to do? And, of course, something infuriates me even more. I'm all ranty tonight, but. This whole idea, um, we live in a nice neighborhood. I mean, upper middle class, lower upper class neighborhood. And there are tons of parents there who are like, um, you know, why should my kid have to work in high school? Get a job. My kid's going to have a job. One of the moms says uh, one night she's driving, you know, the carpooling or coming back from lacrosse. The sport, not the city uh come back from lacrosse and they go through the drive thru and there's a sign that says, Hey, now hiring. One of the kids, her kid, who's eleven, goes, When I turn sixteen, I think I'm gonna work at McDonald's. And two of the other kids in the car look at him and go, Why don't you ever want to work at McDonald's? And he goes, Why wouldn't I? And I'm thinking, Yeah, exactly. Because
0: you get hired at the drop of a hat, you'll make, you'll make a paycheck right away. Yeah. And and, and and when you wanna quit, you can quit without having any kind of uh it ties to the business.
1: <laughs> I have a woman who works for me who has a 15-year-old who started working at McDonald's at 14 because you can work certain hours, you know, because of child labor laws, which I think are a good thing. Kid's 15 now. He um, he is not being promoted up into, like, you know, line positions and everything because he's 15. And they can't because he can't work right. past 9 o'clock or something like that. But he works 50 hours a week. On his schedule, they let him, they love the kid. He's training new people in. He's making like $2 more than he was when he started. And I mean, they love him there. They're like, when do you want to work? You know, you can work whatever shifts you want. And the kid is killing it. He's, he's made enough money to have his own uh, uh, iPhone. His parents said, we're not buying it for you. Um, we're not giving you any money for it until you can pay for the monthly plan. He came to him and said, here it is. I can do it. And then yeah. they said, "Well, you can pay for the first six months of this."
0: And what you're doing by doing this, uh, fifteen minimum and twenty minimum, whatever, whatever number you come up with, it's ridiculous. But you're 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 pricing the kids out, and you're also forcing the businesses to go. It's more cost effective to automate.
1: Yeah. Well, now they've got Flippy, the burger flipping, yeah. thing at that place out in California. Uh, th- th- that's an absolute truth. Is- you're going to have a sixty thousand dollar robot that yeah. replaces a job that somebody could do. Yep. And then I mean, it's bound to happen regardless.
0: But you're 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 you know making it happen faster—that's for sure.
1: Well, now you can go into McDonald's and there's ordering kiosks. Yeah, it's it's just stupid, and people don't get it. I mean, God, these kids have to have some job experience, you know? If they if they don't, what are they going to do?
0: Well, I'm I'm thinking you teach your if you've got kids, you teach them to be entrepreneurs early. Yeah. You teach them not to work for somebody else. You teach them to start your own
1: business, I guess. Well, our, even our neighborhood Facebook page, one of the women goes, yeah, um, is there someone – does anyone know of a service that has uh, – that plows driveways whenever it snows? And uh, someone goes, oh, you can do this uh, – There's an app for that. Plows and – yeah, plows and mows like Uber, the Uber for plows. She goes, well, I tried it and I had a bad experience. And twice I got on there to start typing in – there's got to be a kid in our neighborhood of seventy houses that wants to do this yeah and uh and I thought i'm I'm not poking that bear so oh, there was a there's this but I know if my kid was sixteen he'd do it
0: there's a website it's like a, a neighborhood kind of website where I, next door it's called. Um, and for different communities to kind of like post. It's like a community community bulletin board kind of a thing. You know, they post everything. But one of the things I noticed was that uh, one kid, I don't know if it was a parent or the kid, but they posted in the middle of the summer. It's was like, hey, you know, every week on this day, I'm going to be washing dogs. Bring your dog by. I'll wash your dog. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's where technology, you know, where you, if you have a little bit of drive, a little bit of motivation, you can make, you can make work for yourself. You can be an entrepreneur that way. And that's, I think that you're going to have to, you're going to have to go that route as parents now. I think instead of having your kids go work a, a low level job, just to get that experience and get that kind of work ethic going in them, I think you're going to have to kind of get them motivated to work start their own job, start their own business.
1: Well, my kid shovels my neighbor's steps. She's an older lady. She has a bad hip and she she has a big German shepherd dog. She takes out three times a day and she doesn't have a walkout. She's got, you know, all these steps down to her yard. So when it snows, she said, hey, would you come over and shovel? He goes, sure. She says, what are you going to charge me? He goes, I'll do it for free. I said, no, you won't. You're not a communist. <laughs> and she, goes, she goes, no, I'm not taking advantage of it. She goes, give me a number. He doesn't know. And I didn't want to coach him. I said, "Look, you just work it out with her." Yeah. So, uh, so he does, and she pays him ten bucks per inch of snow up to twenty bucks, and which is an obscene amount of money for him to make for fifteen minutes shoveling her steps. So a couple times he's done it for free. He just said, "No, we're good." But the kid's made one hundred and thirty bucks.
0: Now, if he was like genius level smart, he would ingratiate himself into her life. And uh, she'd put him in, his, in her will, and then he'd push her down those stairs.
1: <laughs> well, she's got a service that comes and picks up poop for her dog, right? And, um, you know, dogs generally go in a couple of spots, and that's where they stick with. And he, on his own, goes, maybe I should talk to her about picking up poop. And I said, well, she pays 14 bucks a week for those people to come out. They come out every Tuesday to pick up the poop. And I said, you could go to her and say, I'll charge 8 bucks." I said, that's nothing for you. Do it on the same schedule every Tuesday night. Go pick it up. It's 15 minutes out of your life. And he's like, I think I might do that. You know, she'd pay him for it. She would because she's, she's a nice lady. Yeah, probably evening. a
0: Christmas bonus and everything. He's a
1: good kid, yeah. you know? And he's, I mean, he's totaling up this money. He's like, this is kind of cool. I like money, you know? And I, I, you know, he's he's doing his own thing. And I have no doubt that when he's 16, he's going to get a job somewhere. He's already started saving for a car. You know he's not going to get a car for another four, five, six years, and uh, I just I'm proud of the kid for that. But I think we're just absolutely losing that because everybody thinks I'm just going to get paid a bunch of money when I get out of college because I didn't work in I didn't work in high school and then I went to college and at college they told me I should get sixty thousand well, bucks. That's, that's why
0: I think the focus nowadays for parents really kind of should be kind of preparing your your kid t- to. Kind of be in, not work for somebody, work for himself. Be an yeah, but I mean,
1: how many people can actually do that? At least, and how many people who do it can actually teach it? That's a good point.
0: It just kind of stinks that they're they're teaching the kids to to you know work for somebody who work for something that's not going to be there for them or. To get a degree that's not going to get him a job. It just sucks.
1: Ben Shapiro's thing. Lesbian dance theory. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening now. <laughs> lesbian though. dance I've talked theory. To, can... I've talked to enough
0: college graduates that go, yeah, I've got a worthless degree. It's, it's, it is it's bullshit. I've got all kinds of fucking debt for no good reason. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, hundreds I, of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know a
0: lot of them. A lot of college graduates or, or that are currently going to college are going, what am I
1: fucking doing? I saw a YouTube video the other day about, uh, came up in, you know, the suggestions. Where this kid was figuring out that he cannot pay off his student debt, he's doing the math of what it, what he's making, what it costs to live, and and nothing. And what if he gets
0: a job in the field that he's
1: but he just he can't pay it. Yeah. He he paid for too much education that's not worth what he paid for it, and it's just, it, yeah, it's it's crazy. So I don't know. I just yeah, it got me all worked up about this, but anyway, well. Well, that was we that was a couple of
0: rooster rants.
1: Yeah, it was. We'll come up with a yeah. uh,
0: with a with a little tune for a little jingle for you for the rooster rants.
1: No, let's not. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, we're going to let this one go. You got anything to add?
0: Yeah, you can email us uh, rooster at breadandcircuses.com dot com or crow at breadandcircuses.com. dot com. Um, hate mail to rooster, love mail to crow. You've got that
1: the opposite. But uh, hey, Shirley, if you're out there, uh, crow would love to have you pee on him.
0: Uh, well, I mean, at the very least, I'd like to sh- have you shit on my chest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's is Sparta! See you, bye.